recording. Me too. Give me a clap after three. One, two, three. That was a decent clap. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, why is it bad podcasting protocol to for if your recording program wears a condom? I don't know why. Because if it wears a condom, it won't catch the clap. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come up with that just then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Welcome to Horse and Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And we watched an episode of Bojack Horseman, the second one of the second season. Yeah. And I did get someone, not you, but someone, to change the titles of the episodes in my folder, so I don't know what this one's called. Oh, cool. And now, I guess. Yep. Is it called Owl to Meet You? No. I'm trying to think if there are any, like, overarching things in it. Can I have a clue? Um, yeah. It has something to do with Todd's plot. Don't think you're going to guess it it because it's never mentioned. Called Oh No They Disn't? No. Disn't? That was one of the banners. Yeah, but no, it's not Is it called More Like Copy Wrong? <laughs> no. Okay, what is it? I don't think I'm gonna get it. It's called Yesterday Land. Oh. Which is never mentioned because the theme park itself is called Disneyland. It was called Todd's Disneyland. Yeah, is that about Todd's thing? Do you think, or is it more about Wanda? Yeah, maybe. So I googled, <sighs> I googled Yesterday Land, and this thing called Yesterland came up, and it's. A theme park on the web, and it's just a really shitty web page. Wait, so it's it's a theme park, it's a website? Yep. Okay. Yep. I don't think you're allowed to call yourself a park if you do not have a physical location, but <laughs> continue. It just has discontinued Disneyland attractions, pictures of them and stuff, oh. and, and links to them. That sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, yeah, I couldn't find any reference to it. I thought maybe it was a movie or something, but... Quick update. On last episode, remember how we were trying to figure out without doing any actual research why George Takei says oh my in things? Mm -hmm. He was a guest on the Howard Stern show and he didn't know much about it and he was sitting in the lobby and he could like, the radio was playing and he was listening to it and he said like, this radio program has such horrible language in it. So there was lots of like raunchy swearing and stuff. Mm. And his friend was like, that's the show that we're about to go on. And he was like, oh. And then, like, walked into the studio and met Howard Stern and was like, hello, I'm George Takei. And Howard Stern said, you have a deep voice. You must have a big dong. (laughs) And George Takei was like, are we recording already? And Howard Stern said yes. And he went, oh, my. (laughs) And then it became a meme because Howard Stern kept on using that as a reaction clip in all of his subsequent radio shows. Oh, okay. Thanks, Howard Stern, for that lovely meme. So this episode starts at the restaurant. We see Bojack going on, like, multiple dates, and they keep bringing up the book, and they're all clearly fans of the book and just kind of... 
Yes, just want to like sleep with him based on that. It, it's interesting because they all behave towards him as though he's just the same as the person that he's portrayed as in the book. And he seems to be like kind of annoyed by that. But mm. it's not because the person in the book isn't what he's really like. <laughs> like it, it's pretty accurate. It's, he's just unsettled that they know him already, basically. Yeah, know all his tricks. In the background, in one scene, there is a squid bartending they have six arms which is that means that the squid has eight limbs overall Mm -hmm. which is two too few okay they should have ten real squid have eight arms and two tentacles i think okay so maybe if you count the legs as arms okay what's the difference between arms and tentacles tentacles are longer like you know how squid have those two like long ropey ones with like a diamond shaped paddle on the end Mm -hmm. yeah those are the tentacles it's something to do with whether they have suction cups all the way along them or just on like the part furthest away from the body. Oh, okay. Octopuses, for instance, actually technically in a biological sense do not have any tentacles, they just have eight arms. Oh, okay. It's a pretty meaningless distinction, but like, also, the one in Bojack Horseman has just like the eyes and then a smooth face, which makes sense because a squid's beak is at the bottom, but that means that there's no mouth on the head. So we're left in the weird position where this squid in Bojack Horseman either has no mouth at all or like a beak on its taint. Oh my god, that's weird. Okay. So adding that to the list of things to ask Lisa Hannawalt about. (laughs) (laughs) In the background, we see that in one date there's a man eating a lobster claw and then in the next date we see a lobster putting lemon on his own claw, presumably uh, about to eat it. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. If I, like, like, obviously not because of infection, but, like, if I had to have a leg amputated because it got, like, really badly damaged in an accident, mm. I'd I'd eat it if they let me. No. They wouldn't let me, obviously. (laughs) No. (laughs) But (laughs) I wouldn't cook and prepare it myself, but... I have always been curious to try cannibalism, and this is the only way I can ensure it's sustainably sourced. No. (laughs) And ethically harvested. (laughs) And anyway, I think the government should get their hands off my body, unless they're gonna fry up my leg for me. (laughs) Oh my god. Right to your representatives, listeners. Okay, let's just move on. I don't know what to say to that. I'm horrified. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you kind of curious what human flesh tastes like? No. Not even a little- Like, I'm not asking you if you want to kill and eat someone, that's a different thing, but wouldn't you be curious to know what it tasted like like if you could grow some in a lab? No. No, I don't want to know. Like, I- people just have no sense of adventure. Yeah. Like, I had (laughs) ox tongue for the first time recently, and I- As I was eating it, I couldn't get over- the thought that it was a tongue on my tongue, like, I feel like it would just be like that, but ten times worse. Do you think anyone ever advertises tongue-based dishes, like, have a meal and a makeup? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, on to potentially slightly less disturbing territory for you, but who knows, let's find out. One of the women that Bojack is on a date with is a chameleon, and he <laughs> yeah. when, when he, like, showboats and is really, like, jerky to the waiter, she, like, swoons and says, take Take me home right now and don't let me get out of bed until I'm horse-coloured. Yeah. Okay, first disclaimer. That is not actually how chameleons work. They don't change colour for camouflage. They're basically just mood rings that change with temperature and whatever. Yeah, um, okay. Second disclaimer. I would not want to fuck a chameleon person particularly, 
but that sounds racist, Jim. I have to say, in universe, that's genuinely a pretty sexy and clever thing to say in that situation. Yeah, okay. like that is some solidly written dirty talk. Okay, and I just want to shout out to whoever wrote that. That I think that's really clever. <laughs> there was also an eel woman who he was on a date with. Mm-hmm. I just kept on thinking back to how Lisa Hannawalt was saying in that interview in Imaginary Worlds that she really kind of enjoys the challenge of making animals look sexy or feminine that aren't traditionally portrayed as such. I should have said this first up, but in the establishing shot of the restaurant, we see that there's a raccoon having a bath in the fountain. I got the impression that he was homeless. Like, that was why he was having a bath. Yeah, we've seen homeless raccoons before, like, going through trash and stuff. I get it. That's a good joke. (laughs) Interesting in-universe implications, as always. So, the next scene is back at the house, and Bojack asks Todd for a favour. Todd says he can't because he's preparing for the opening of Disneyland tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and in this scene, Todd is eating... (laughs) Uh, Mice Krispies with Alpine Sweat. Yeah, instead of Mountain Dew. It didn't occur to me, like, I knew, I noticed them both on the table, but, like, is he pouring Mountain Dew on his Rice Krispies instead of milk? Is that what that is? Yes, that is what that is. Like, do we see him do that? Yeah, we, we do. Oh. Uh, <laughs> speaking as someone who would eat my own leg and maybe fuck a chameleon, I'm trying to be open-minded about that, but I just can't get there. <laughs> uh, it didn't me think of like what other liquids would be good with cereals but you couldn't think of any <laughs> in a lot of parts of europe you make muesli with juice instead of milk oh, okay have like apple juice muesli i always tell people about party cereal which i made up but i always like hope that someone will think it's a good idea and drink it which is where like you just mix crisps and coke oh my god no yeah, it turns out that Todd said something about Disneyland once and Bojack told him Disneyland was a myth that people told their children. <laughs> then Todd was like, Todd just built one because he was like, it sounds like a good idea though and just never found out that there was a real one. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, uh, It's something of a contrived premise, I'll be honest. <laughs> this whole episode feels like it's just a series of contrived premises but i really when i first watched this episode i remember really enjoying it but that could be just because wanda was introduced Mm. but anyway yeah um we see the worker bees for the first time before that like bojack is saying like why haven't i heard anything about this until now so there's a montage of todd telling him in various years yeah all of the updates about his disneyland and in one of them he's sitting by the pool reading it's 2012 magazine Mm-hmm. On the cover, it says, it has like a picture of Psy and then says, Guy who did Gangnam Style, no one hit wonder, probably. And <laughs> 100 breast autocorrect fails. Breast autocorrect fails. I That's, get it. They, like, they, they did an autocorrect fail in the title. Yes, let's talk about the worker bees because they're great. So is this just a pun based on the like term working bee? Yeah, pretty sure. I didn't realise that was, like, a common thing. I thought it was just a thing that happened in Australian primary schools. Wait, what? Like, that's... Okay, now I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, like, working bee. Like, all the parents come down and, like, help build stuff. And... I've never heard of that. the lawn. Oh, okay. See? So it's like a spelling bee, but for labour. Yeah, basically. Okay. Okay, so you didn't have them in primary school. No. Okay, so what is a working bee? <laughs> Just a bee they're that just, works? Yeah, like, you know how there's the queen bee and there are, there are queens, drones, and workers. So the worker bees are the ones that, like, make the honey. Okay. And go out and get pollen and stuff. Or well, maybe that's the drones. 
I forget. I looked up the term working bee, mm-hmm. and it is defined as an occasion where volunteers come together to carry out communal work, but it's only used in Australia and New Zealand, so that is probably huh. not what they were going for. I was, I was wrong. There we go. <laughs> Now I've learned about working bees, which are apparently... Is it, is it fun? I don't get it. No, it's just, like, so the school doesn't have to spend money on, like, getting... Like, paying people to mow the lawns and fix things around the place. Parents do it. Like, I guess that makes fees cheaper. Well, like, presumably schools where they do just hire someone to do their manual labor, it's more expensive to send your kids there to account for it. Yeah. No, I guess tuition is just kind of set for public schools, so... Maybe it's just the ones that are underfunded have these parent labor programs. <laughs> I mostly just thought the worker bees were cool because they're bees and they have extra limbs and they're all stripy because they're fuzzy like bees and yeah. they don't talk because they have bug faces. I was looking to looking at one of the worker bees standing next to Mr. Peanut Butter hmm. and I thought it was really cool because they're the same yellow, but the worker bees, like, they look like a different texture than... yeah. Uh, so the next scene is at the doctor's and Mr. Peanut Butter... At St. Bernard Medical Center. Ah, uh, yes. Which is funny because that's a dog thing. <laughs> uh, Mr. Peanut Butter is getting his cast off, so... And then he also can get his his cone off as well. Yeah, there's some jokes about how expensive the medical system in America is with the copay. The important plot thing that happens in this scene is basically, like, other than Mr. Peanut Butter not having the cone on anymore, mm-hmm. is Diane being kind of surprised and clearly uncomfortable that they've been to the same sandwich place over 80 times. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, she's clearly kind of getting a little bit maybe restless or she's afraid of falling into routines. Yeah. Which happens a lot in long-term relationships. But there is a lot of good background stuff in this. There's a poster that has a butterfly walking out of its cocoon with a thumb up (laughs) that says, Talk to your kids about puberty. Ah. Very droll. Also, very interesting. Mm. Because we've discussed this before, that we have that man who was like the funeral director who was a maggot, despite being fully grown, when Mm. if they followed normal life cycles for their species, he should have been a fly by that point. This suggests that caterpillars still turn into butterflies in this universe and still make cocoons, and apparently go into them with their clothes on. Yep, so it was just for the joke. There's some x-ray slides. Of a dog, possibly Mr. Peanut Butter, but also possibly not. Um, <laughs> and from the X-ray, you can see that they have swallowed keys and a spoon and something shaped like a bone that is pinging in the X-ray is not bone, so probably like a plastic bone or something, like a chew toy. Ah, oh, okay. And there's a poster that says, ask your dog if neutering is right for you. And there's a dog staring up kind of nervously at two tennis balls in the sky. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Presumably neutering in this universe is just the equivalent of like a vasectomy. Like I was like, oh my god, that happens. But then I was like, oh no, that's not that, you know, crazy. Bojack goes to his local bar that we've seen him in with Todd and stuff. Mm. And he walks in and there are just fans waiting for him with cameras and things for him to sign and stuff. And he doesn't enjoy that. There was a good vulture joke in there where he calls them vultures and... Two vultures at the end of the bar are like, I'm sure he wasn't talking about us. (laughs) I feel bad for Bojack because his whole thing with the book was wanting to be back in the public consciousness. 
and now he is, but he like can't handle the attention. And that must be so common, like yeah, definitely among celebrities, because you want your work to be well known and you want like a legacy. But the day to day part of celebrity, especially living in a hub like Los Angeles, must be exhausting.、Mm. Like it must have been like this when he was on horse and. Around and he must have known that if he did get what he wanted, what it would be like. Like it's not like this is the first time this is、yeah. kind of fame I, has happened to him. I think that he would rather be bothered a lot than be forgotten. Like I think if he was asked to run the numbers, he would rather be unhappy because people were paying heaps of attention to him in his career than being unhappy because they weren't. Yeah. So then he moves on to a roller rink. That has a bar in it, and he runs into Pinky. It didn't occur to me, but that sounds pretty dangerous. Oh yeah! Wow, drinking at a roller rink. Yeah, I I don't know how common that is, but like roller skating while drunk just sounds like a pretty bad idea. Yeah.、But、okay. <laughs> yeah, at first I thought it was a bowling alley because that made more sense. But you know, it would be a good idea for a thing. Is it's a bowling alley, but all of the lanes, like they don't really have dividers on them. It's just a lane, and you just have to aim it good, and you have to be good at bowling. But then the lanes are also a roller rink where other people are roller skating. <laughs> so you've got to bowl and try not to hit the people who are skating across your lane, so you can knock down the pins. Or I guess you can just deliberately try and knock people over if you want to be a dick about that. Um, and then if you're roller skating, you've <laughs> got to avoid. It, it would it would be an establishment reserved only for people who are very good at bowling and or roller skating. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> and it would also be a very efficient use of space. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds super dangerous. Yeah, let's get to Wanda. Yeah. So Wanda is introduced. We find out that she's been in a coma for thirty years and is now the head of programming at NBN. I guess that's a joke on NBC. But that's what our shitty government-funded internet plan is called. So、oh yeah, it's true. And she's an owl. She's a very pretty owl. Yeah, I've got to say, like, other than Charlotte, I think that she is my favorite character design. Of anyone who plays like a multi-episode part in the show. Okay, yeah. I think her outfit is really cool. I think that the texture of her feathers are done really nicely. She's got like big yellow eyes. Just、mm-hmm. character design-wise, aesthetically, I'm really into it. She wears this like big kind of ruffled. Skirt. Yeah, it's、um, cool. I like her outfit. And Bojack really likes her because she has no idea who the fuck he is because she's been in a coma, and so and this this means that she's not treating him like a celebrity, but also that it's very easy to impress her. Yeah, because he's using all these jokes and things from stuff from the last thirty years. It sort of reminds me of the you heard about the born sexy yesterday trope. No, it's been going around a lot. People like um. Lilu from the Fifth Element, who、uh, they tend to be women and they tend to be very attractive, but they get created out of thin air or whatever, or they're a robot or something like that, and that means that the male lead gets to basically like impress her a lot because he knows all of the normal everyday stuff. Yeah, and it's meant to tap into this like male fantasy of being like admired without actually having to do any real work for it. Ew. I think that this is a slightly similar thing. Like one of the reasons he really likes being with Wonder is that he has to try way less hard to be clever and original. Yeah. Like there, there are a bunch of times when he says meaningful lines from movies, and she says, "Did you just make up that now?" And he says, "Yes." And it's obviously played for laughs, but like, still.、Hmm. Anyway, we both relate to Wonder because Paige is really into owls, and I do genuinely like it and feel like I'm getting away with something when there's a different kind of fry in my fries. <laughs> 
or as we call them in Australia, fries. <laughs> I used Wanda's character design as a reference when I was doing the artwork for our podcast. No way. I didn't like trace it or anything and i like made her different colors and stuff but we had a good character reference for what an owl looks like so yeah. i used it oh, i just wanted to mention to jump back before wanda was introduced but pinky mentions jumping from books to broadcast television because you know that's never gonna go away which i thought <laughs> yeah. was a very funny joke to put in a netflix show yeah, yeah so, so pinky's working at the at a TV network now as well. And the reason why Wanda is doing so well is that she... Isn't it that, like that, that she was never off the payroll and she just kept on getting cr- getting promoted? Yeah, I got that impression. When people above her left or died. <laughs> All her ideas are like genuinely met with popular appeal because she's just recycling ideas from when she was last conscious. <laughs> TV recycles ideas all the time anyway. Yeah. But also it's been a little while since some of them. So everyone's like, whoa, that's genius. We see a flashback to her like pitching ideas and things. And one of the things mm. he, she pitches is the Kirk Cameron show. And he was one of the lead actors in Growing Pains, which was a very popular show in the 70s. No, he was born in the 70s. The show was probably popular in the 80s. And also in those scenes, in some of those scenes, there's a shark in the office. And I thought (laughs) it was just really cool. Is there like a joke about Shark Tank or like how executives are sharks or something? Yeah, maybe. There's something in there. There's, there's definitely a something there in the zeitgeist about sharks. Wanda goes back to Bojack's place and they sit on the bed and talk all night. And then the sun comes up and Bojack's like really shocked he didn't, you know, sleep with this woman all night. And then she's mm-hmm. like, eh, want to have sex? And then Bojack has a bit of a freak out after the sex because he still wants to spend time with Wanda, even though they've already done it. He's feeling romantic affection and it's freaking him out and he invites her to Disneyland. Yes. Um. Boy, there are a lot of things about Disneyland to talk about design-wise. Okay. It's very shit is the main (laughs) thing. Is that he's basically just, like, cobbled together this thing out of, like, scrap wood and, like, (laughs) everything's very rickety. Yeah, it's like stuff he's just found on the street. There's this main attraction in the centre, which is Mr. Todd's Death Coaster, which has this horrifying animatronic gigantic effigy of Todd Mm. with, like, baths for ears and some kind of leaking waste drum for a nose (laughs) and stop signs for cheek blushes. And it's kind of waving its arms. And there's Cinderella's magical pile of mattresses. It's just a huge pile of mattresses with a sign on it that says, Beware of be- beware of bedbugs. Yep. And then in the background, we do see a bedbug person just, like, lunge out and grab a kid and pull it into the Oh, mattresses. my God. Oh, I thought that kid just fell down. Oh, that's... No, no got abducted. Oh, my God. Um. Is that what bedbugs in this world are? Just people that continuously people bother that you? just hide in your bed and then grab you and I guess still drink your blood a bit. I hope you didn't finish that, kid. Oh my god, it's like the mosquito thing all over again. For those of us who who aren't following our Tumblr, you're missing out. I reblogged a picture of a sexy mosquito from like an ad about not getting diseases. There's (laughs) something that has a sign that says, must be this tall except Todd. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The worker bees are kind of milling around Um, because I think it's still being built, or it probably needs very frequent repairs. But one of the things holding the whole thing together seem to be these, like, little areas of honeycomb, which is a really nice touch. Yeah, I noticed that. And don't forget the grease fire 
of the Caribbean. Yeah. So, Gabe Jr., Greasefire of the Caribbean. Do you understand that reference? No, I do not. There was an episode a while ago, I don't remember the context, I think it was when Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd were pitching something to Bojack that said something about the name of a fire, and Bojack said, fires don't have names. They were like, what about the Chicago fire? Or Gabe. They're like, who's Gabe? And Todd's like, just this fire I met once. Cool guy. <laughs> So, oh my I God. don't know if Gabe Jr. is, like, literally a little bit of transplanted fire from Gabe that has just been alight this whole time. Yeah. Or if it's more of a spiritual successor, but that's why it's Gabe Jr. Oh, wow. It's just a massive grease fire. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if it, ha if it has anything to do with, like, the sludge that's surrounding and kind of runs through the park. It's like a funny shade of purple. Yeah, so, so like, it, it's a pretty good joke in that, like, Todd's built a really, really shit, lazy, badly designed Disneyland, but mm. the fact that he still had enough, like, motivation and resources to build one at all <laughs> is very <laughs> impressive. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's kind of a gimme, I guess. Yeah. At least he has been been working on it for literally years like this isn't something you threw together in a week it's been like five years there were land deals involved and yeah and it's like the grand opening and there's um still machinery and stuff everywhere there's a couple of good t-shirts in the background there is a child wearing a shirt that just says good times wow okay there is also a woman wearing a shirt that says la is okay nice we see that wanda bojack diane princess carolyn and Vincent are all at Disneyland, just hanging out. Diane's being negative about it, and Wanda's like, so negative. And Bojack kind of freaks Diane out by going, by trying to be overly positive. Yeah, because um, Wanda doesn't realize how massively cynical Bojack is. Yeah. And so he's terrified that she's going to find out what he's really like and not want to be with him anymore. And this is like last episode as well, Diane got spooked because Bojack was out acting out of character, which I think is interesting. Yeah, so then Mr. Peanut Butter shows up and he tries to get involved with the running of the park because technically Todd built it while he was working for Mr. Peanut Butter's company. Yeah. So at the set of Secretariat, Bojack is in the middle of his acting when Wanda shows up and he kind of just stops his acting. He's like, hey everyone, look, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit cute. He says something about how she's so professional, she's like Natalie Portman in that movie where she was a professional. Yeah, I have no idea what he's referencing. So, as far as I can work out, that is a reference to the movie Leon the Professional. Oh, okay. Which does have Natalie Portman in it, hanging out with Jean Renault who is an assassin, then, like, Natalie Portman also wants to learn to kill people for revenge. But she's 11. Okay. And... I guess she was learning to be a professional in the same way that Leon was. Anyway, it's a really good movie. Would recommend it. But speaking as someone who is pretty attracted to Natalie Portman as an adult, it was extremely unsettling to watch a movie where she plays a very sexually aggressive 11-year-old. Okay. So bear that in mind. <laughs> but it is a very good movie. Yeah, so it's a weird reference. If that was indeed what it was, like, there are definitely many movies in which Natalie Portman does play someone who does a profession. <laughs> For instance, Ballet Dancer or Swan. <laughs> so in this scene, Kelsey tells Diane about stagnation. Which is a country populated entirely by stags. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Japanese people is like a really deep economics cut, what? but you didn't. Japan has a problem with stagnation as a country. 
Yeah, because it comes up because they're talking about how... Or Di- Diane mentions she's shocked that Bojack's finally gone after somebody his own age. Yeah, they talk about Wanda's actually the age before she went into a coma, which was like her 20s. And then Kelsey brings up that Bojack's kind of in his 20s too because he got famous then and that's when he like his personality stagnated. Yeah, that once you get famous, you stop growing because you don't have to. And that kind of leads into Kelsey saying that, yeah, it also happens when people get married. And Diane looks wistfully at her, at her Snorkies card and She's like, oh no, it's happening to me. I don't think wistful is the right word. (laughs) Uneasily. Yes. Then Bojack and Wanda go on a date to the 50s diner. Once again, a rich crop of background jokes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. There is a Marlin named Brando. Yes. And the beer joke? Stella. Oh, and he's yelling, like, Stella! Stella! Order for Stella! Oh no, the beer was called Stella. Oh. Yeah. It's a type of beer. I looked that up. Whatever. <laughs> Which is a reference to Streetcar Named Desire. Which I know about because there was a Simpsons episode about it. I had to study the play, so I've seen the movie. Did you pause on the jukebox? Yes, I did. But there's one more character I wanted to mention. There's a waitress whose name tag, she's a seal, and her name tag says Ball. Lucille yeah. Ball. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good good one okay yeah. let's get into the music should, should we just blaze through them or do i actually want to talk about each one because most of them are just very like surface level animal puns and i don't know who most of the recording artists are anyway blaze through them and then mention our favorites big joe turner with snake rattle and roll jerry lee labrador with great barks of fire <laughs> dina washington with what a difference a deer makes woodchuck berry with my dingaling elvis presley with heartbreak hotel for dogs <laughs> richie valens with la bambi Bobby Darren with Macaque the Knife, which if I do have a favourite, it's definitely that one. <laughs> and Ray Charles with I Got a Wombat. See, that one's my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> What's that a pun on? What's the song? The song is I Got a Woman. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so in the diner, Ojak and Wanda are talking, and we're introduced to Alex, who also just woke up from a 30-year coma and kind of bonds with Wanda, and Bojack does not like that. <laughs> so he's sitting in the booth behind them and mm-hmm. when he says oh you were in a coma too um wanda turns around but the way owls do by just rotating her head 180 degrees yeah which i thought was an excellent touch and it also reminded me of when i was a kid and i heard the fact that owls can turn their head all the way around i thought that meant like indefinitely like it was on a bearing and they could just exorcist <laughs> their head all the way around and around and around and around uh, yeah. Not quite. <laughs> nice try, owls. <laughs> they do have to turn their head back again. <laughs> so on the drive home, Wanda tells Bojack to stop being jealous of Alex. So in the car, he's been making a lot of references that she doesn't get because they're references to things that happened while she was in a coma. Mm-hmm. And he says something about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and she's like, oh my god, stop. Oh no, no, wait, I got that one. Snoopy the dog. And he's like, yep. And two questions. One, is Snoop Dogg named after Snoopy the dog from Peanuts, because I had never made that connection, but that makes sense. But also is weird. Yeah, I don't know. Also, in this universe, is Snoop Dogg a dog? Oh, I don't know, because he also calls himself Snoop Lion. What? Yeah, Snoop Dogg. He went away to India or something and came back more enlightened. So he was like, I am now Snoop Lion, which isn't an upgrade on dogs. Fuck off, Snoop Dogg. Different animal. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I never had any strong feelings on Snoop Dogg either way, but now I think he's a dipshit. <laughs> Tweet at me, Snoop. Is Snoopy from Peanuts just one of the f- kid's friends? now yeah definitely because oh, part cute. of the thing about snoopy is people can people understand snoopy when he talks or is it like garfield i don't think he talks i think he just gestures in the comics he definitely has like internal monologues like he has thought bubbles the same way garfield does but i can't remember if other characters can converse with him or not yeah neither can i he's, he's often just talking to himself as the thing or just to woodstock woodstock is also just another kid i guess okay I looked up if Snoop Dogg was connected to Snoopy. Is he? Yes. Nice. (laughs) It was a childhood nickname that his parents came up for him. When I was in primary school, like, I had a year or two where I had, like, massive separation anxiety. Like, I I would get really, really stressed going to school. And my mum used to redraw Snoopy cartoons and put them in my lunchbox for me. So at lunchtime, I'd have this, like, Snoopy cartoon where Snoopy was being like, Oh, your, your parents and cat and sister are all waiting for you to get her and they love you. That's so nice. Yeah. Now I'm a rapper. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so sweet. Yes, and the next scene we see Bojack is spying on Alex through like his kitchen window. (laughs) He's got a duffel bag that just says spy shit on it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always makes me chuckle. Yeah, calls Princess Carolyn. Tricks her into coming. I feel sorry for her in this episode. She doesn't do much except get tricked. She should stop working for Bojack. <laughs> she, sure, she so should. She's heaps better than him. There's no way the cost-benefit analysis has ever come out in favour of her continuing to work for him. Yeah, in that bit, Bojack says that he called her because Todd's busy and Margot Martindale is in prison. <laughs> but he's like, that. You guys are my three friends. I had to call you because my other two friends were busy. I thought that was cute. Yeah. What about Diane? I guess things are still weird. Princess Carolyn refuses to help and just leaves. As soon as she does that, Alex reveals that he is a Russian spy. He is a Soviet sleeper agent. Literally. Trying to contact the KGB. That would be so weird. Just waking up and your whole reason for existence. The country you're from no longer exists. Yeah. And you're stuck in the country that you hate the most on Earth. He says, I'm ready to follow out my directive and take down the American dogs and pigs <laughs> and other various animals and humans. Yeah. Not only does he lampshade the fact that humans are humans, but he distinguishes between animals and humans. Yeah, that's interesting. Various animals and humans. And the fact that there is still a distinction is very... Very interesting. And also, this may even be the first time animals have been, like, that it's been lampshaded that they're animals, which are two things that I had been really waiting for. And, like, this may seem like a small thing, but this is kind of, after the first season, things get progressively less and less genre blind. It starts to matter more. We never go full Zootopia, but mm. they don't just ignore the premise so much. And this is kind of the first example of that. And I found it really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Okay. So. And then are they back at Disneyland? Yeah. So back at the park, Toad gets served by some lawyers. <laughs> like the, the lawyer turns up with Mr. Peanut Butter and Meow Meow Fuzzy Face, the police officer. <laughs> and Todd just like drives an, an on fire golf cart like through the fence of the park (laughs) to get to the front I think but also um in the establishing shot for a second we see that there's a petting zoo at Disneyland which is just there's just a sheep standing there in a stained tank top that says ram on on it 
and there's just a kid like offering him some food from her palm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the fact that petting zoos exist implies that other kind of zoos exist. Oh, it does too. But are zoos just like places where just random people who are different species just kind of hang out in rooms and you can like chat to them? Maybe. So what's it like having horns? Anyway. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, sloth lawyer serves him. Yeah, that doesn't make sense though. Like, how did the Disneyland lawyers find out? Okay, so Mr. Peanut Butter says, I wanted to find out if what we were doing was legal, so I called a lawyer. Yeah. It's possible that he thought that the thing that made the most sense would be to call Disney's lawyer. Yeah, okay. But yeah, mm. <laughs> that, that actually does seem like the kind of thing Mr. Peanut Butter might do. Yeah, so then Todd's in court, and the jury is just a whole lot of gazelles like, timidly leaning as far away as they can from a single lion who is also on the jury. Yeah. And that lion was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> but that's weird, like, because juries are meant to be random. How did that happen, that there were so many gazelles? I mean, if it's truly randomized, then it could have just happened because it was... Oh, okay, you know, yeah. That that That's going to happen sometimes. But, okay, so <laughs> juries aren't that randomized. Yeah, ju- juries are arbitrarily selected, not randomly selected. Yeah. Well, not even arbitrarily, like, they, they're meant to make an effort to make them a wide sort of spread. Yeah, diverse. Well, maybe all of those gazelles were really different ages and religions and things, jobs. Yeah, They okay, just all happen to be gazelles. Yeah. That's the excuse they make for putting mostly white people on juries. Wabam. <laughs> you got me. Also, the judge is an otter, and the sloth does at one point stand up and refer to him as your otter, instead of your honor. <laughs> um, but Todd kind of suggests directly to the lawyer that maybe Disneyland is trademarked under something different. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, maybe Walt Disney misspelled his own name on the original trademark. Yeah. <laughs> and then they check and he did. And so nobody's... Todd gets to keep calling it Disneyland. Also, we see the contract and I zoomed in and there is a section that's just labeled fine print. But you can't read any of the fine print? Oh, you can. It's just boring. Oh, okay. Like, it seems like fairly legit legalese. Yeah. So then we go to a party at Bojack's house. Um... I wasn't invited. <laughs> Oh, the characters. And I guess us, the viewers, transported with the magic of cinematography. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really dumb joke. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the posters? I mean, the signs? There's a, a banner that says, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> and <laughs> one that says, congratulations on your new baby. But new baby has been crossed out and they've written legal victory. But there's <laughs> still, like, a, a woman holding her child on it. <laughs> Also, Wanda is reading a copy of It's 2015 magazine. Yeah. And we, we never got a good look at it. Yeah, it says on one side, it's like, is this dress blue or white? Yeah, and then it's clearly a red and green dress. Yeah. But whatever's going on the back, the text is too small, but there's like a picture of a smartphone. Oh, okay. And then like some words, but they're too small to read. So, Todd chats to Alex at the party, and they're just kind of celebrating the outcome of the trial. Then Mr. Peanut Butter comes up to Todd and takes partial credit for the outcome of the trial, but Todd takes none of that. He's like, no, it was me. I did all of it. You just ruined it. And then Todd bans Mr. Peanut Butter from coming back to the park. He says there's only room for one goofy dog at Disneyland and his name is Pluto. (laughs) And obviously the joke is that it seems like he's going to say goofy and he says Pluto. Yeah. So there's already like a bit of an online discussion about the fact that 
Pluto and Goofy are basically the same character design, but one is anthropomorphic and one isn't, and, like, that's kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But presumably, in the Bojack universe, Pluto is also anthropomorphic. Yeah. And would just be another Goofy, but maybe, like, hangs out with Mickey a lot? <laughs> it's a complicated situation. I don't know, maybe they're... No, no I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he says, if the bees see you... I've told them to sting on sight, which, first of all, they don't do, because he does turn up at the park later and they don't just kill him. But also, when bees sting something, I think they die. Yeah. So he should have given them tasers. Also, it's interesting if they do have stingers, because that's another below-the-neck change, and I think gives more credence to my theory that that squid has a taint beak. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so next Bojack makes a speech that claims that Alex is a KGB. Does any say it KGB? Yep. It's like an acronym. Yeah, what does it stand for? I don't know, probably something in Russian, but... Okay. Yes, Alex admits that that is what he is, but then he makes a heartfelt plea, basically saying Saying that he's kind of changed and he wants to be their friend now. Yep, and everyone's like, aww, Aww. and then everyone is really reproachful about the fact that Bojack got this information through spying. Yeah, especially Wanda. He's he's literally a spy, though. Yeah, Wanda asks Alex to take her back to his sister's place. I just wanted to mention in that scene that the, the worker bees that are there are like... They got a glass of water with a flower in it. I presume they're just drinking the nectar out of the flowers. Aww. Oh, that was cute. That makes sense. The next morning, Bojack calls Princess Carolyn over and she convinces Bojack to go and win Wanda back. He's just lying on his bed in his running gear. Like, he, yeah. he had the impetus to wake up and get dressed for jogging and then just, like, collapsed onto his bed and got really drunk. Did he drink all of that alcohol or was some from the party the night before? So then Bojack goes to Disneyland to talk to Wanda, but he's immediately interrupted by Mr. Peanut Butter. He was gone there to talk to Todd. Yeah, and apologize to Todd. And while this conversation's happening, Alex figures out that capitalism will eventually destroy itself and then just leaves. Because Disneyland starts to burn down. <laughs> Basically, Mr. Peanut Butter taps a support beam and, like, everything goes on fire. I think also just from what the two were talking about and arguing about, he was like, oh, capitalism, like, tore this friendship apart, which is... Did it? What content in their conversation was anything to do with that? I don't remember. I can't remember but the exact words. Wasn't he just saying, like, I'm, I'm actually really cynical as well as being cool? Oh, no, Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd's conversation. Oh, right, of, like, yeah. Yeah, these two used to be friends. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. And okay, this, yeah. yeah. But yeah, as you said, the park starts to fall apart and Todd gets stuck in the top of a roller coaster. Yeah, and then Mr. Peanut Butter runs to the fire station, um, but they just leave because they misunderstand his message. What's as- that boy? Someone's trapped down a well? So the the fire people go the wrong way. Yeah, and in the but- middle of the everything falling down, Bojack tells Wanda that she makes him want to be a better person and that she should, yeah, she should take him back. And move in with him. Yeah. Um, then Mr. Peanut Butter heroically, very heroically, saves <laughs> It was Todd. a great scene. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, and then Bojack asks Wanda <laughs> to move in with him and she agrees. Yep. She's like, yeah, this is crazy. Let's just do it. Yeah, right after having been like, I don't know if I, like, I just wasted three decades of my life being in a coma, so I don't really want to waste any more time on you if you don't have your shit together. Yeah. And he's just like, let's move in with me. And she's like, yeah, what the fuck? Why not? 
Yeah. So that'll probably all go great. Two last things. First, there is a bit before Mr. Peanut Butter arrives to put out the fire that is on Todd. Todd says, bees, protect your queen. Yeah. And there's this dramatic scene where they all like flex and wings burst out of the backs of their clothing. And then yeah. they all just fly away. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've been waiting for this episode. Not like super hardcore because there's stuff like this that happens all the time but i think i may have even mentioned it but possibly in the christmas pilot which no one's heard yet except us i thought that he says capitalism is a snake that eats its own tail because that is the actual phrase people use when they want to say that Mm -hmm. but he says it's a snake that eats itself and i felt so cheated because i was gonna be like "Uh uh-huh but snakes don't have tails (laughs) but turns out yeah Huh. I just wanted to mention that Alex was uh, was voiced by Joel McHale. Don't know who that is. He's in Community. I'm glad we got one of those in there. Yeah, in the soup. <laughs> uh, also on the fire station, there is the flag of the California Republic, which still has the bear on it, but it's wearing a yellow t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> nice touch. No sense beating a dead horse. You can like us on Facebook at Horse and Aloud, H-O-R-S-I-N apostrophe A-L-O-U-D, or follow us on Tumblr at horseandaloud.tumblr.com. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com or tweet at us at horseandaloudpod. If you enjoy the show, why not rate it on iTunes or just put your favourite episode on a USB and trick someone into swallowing it like a pill? <laughs> email us. Let us know if you want to eat part of you. <laughs> Or don't, because it'll really gross me out. (laughs) You can email me about that, but only if it's a limb. (laughs) I'm Jem DeSalis. I'm Paige Winkle. And until next time, suck suck a dick, dumb dumb shits. shits.